Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to New Heights Educational Group Radio Show. My name is Kaden Behan, your host and a volunteer for New Heights. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group educational resources to help reach your goals. And just to do a little bit of a recap, last week's show I talked a little bit about emotional health of children and teens um, and ran a little bit short of time to talk about this topic in particular, which I thought was very important, especially uh, when you find out the statistics, as I will reach you soon, about how many teenagers suffer from depression and how many teenagers or young adults have uh, had suicide attempts or did complete their suicide. So it's a very, unfortunately, sad topic, but it is important. It's especially important for parents um, to hopefully help their children through this difficult time um, during their teenage years where a lot of times emotions run high and um, the teenage outlook is very, very short. And that's one of the reasons why um, suicide is so high among children from 15 to about 23. Um, So we're going to be talking about that first. Before we talk about suicide, I just want to talk about depression a little bit and understanding depression. So I took a lot of information um, that I found very useful, not only with um, this particular topic, but with many different topics having to do with kids' health. Um, From kidshealth.org, here you can find different information on diseases and conditions, infections, growth and development, general health, um, nutrition and fitness, emotions and behavior, school and family life, first aid and safety, doctors and hospitals, etc. So I really recommend this website as it is very informational. Uh, Again, just before we begin, our phone number is 347-633-9225 to call in if you would like to make a comment or offer your opinion on the topic. We've been more than happy to have you. Depression is the most common mental health problem in the United States. Each year, it affects 17 million people of all age groups, races, and economic backgrounds. As many as one in every 33 children may have depression. In teens, that number can be as high as one in eight. So it's wise for parents and caregivers to learn about depression and how to help if your child or child you know seems depressed. About depression. Depression isn't just bad mood 
or occasional melancholy. It's not just feeling down or sad either. These feelings are normal in kids, especially during their teenage years. Even when major disappointments and setbacks make people feel sad and angry, the negative feelings usually lessen with time. But when a depressive state or mood lingers for a long time, weeks, months, or even longer, and limits a person's ability to function normally, it can be diagnosed as depression. Types of depression include major depression, dysthymia, adjustment disorder with depressed mood, seasonal affective disorder, and bipolar disorder or manic depression. All of these can affect kids and teenagers. Major depression is a serious condition characterized by persistent sad mood, feelings of worthlessness or guilt, and the inability to feel pleasure or happiness. Major depression typically interferes with a day-to-day functioning like eating and sleeping. A child with major depression feels depressed almost every day. In kids, depression can appear as bad moods or irritability that persists for a long time, even if a child doesn't acknowledge being sad. Dysthymia may be diagnosed if sadness or irritability is not as severe but continues for a year or longer. Kids with dysthymia often feel down in the dumps. Um, They have very low self-esteem. They feel helpless and even have problems sleeping and eating. Unlike major depression, dysthymia does not severely interfere with day-to-day functioning, but the down mood is pervasive is the pervasive part of the child's world. However, at least 10% of those with dysthymic disorder go on to develop major depression. Bipolar disorder. Another type of mood disturbance is characterized by episodes of low-energy depression, sadness or hopelessness, and high-energy mania, irritability, and explosive temper. Bipolar disorder may affect as many as 1% to 2% of kids. More than 2 million adults have bipolar disorder, which often develops in the late teen years and early adulthood. Research in kids is not comprehensive, but experts believe that kids and teens with bipolar disorder can experience a number of problems, including attention deficit disorders, oppositional behavior disorders, and anxiety and irritability in addition to changes in mood from depression to mania. Causes of depression. Depression usually isn't caused by one event or reason, but is usually the result of several factors. Causes vary from person to person. Depression can be caused by lowered levels of neurotransmitters, chemicals that carry signals throughout the nervous system in the brain, which limits the person's ability to feel good. Genetics are likely involved as depression can run in families, so someone with a close relative who has depression may be more likely to experience it. Significant life events, such as the death of a loved one, a divorce, a move to a new area, and even a breakup with a girlfriend or boyfriend can bring symptoms of depression. Stress also can be a factor, and because the teen years can be a time of emotional and social turmoil, things that are difficult for anyone to handle can be de- can be devastating to a teen. Also, chronic illness can contribute to depression, as can the side effects of certain medicines or infections. Diagnosing depression. Kids with depression have described themselves as feeling hopeless about everything or feeling that nothing is worth the effort. They honestly believe that they are no good and that their world is a difficult place and that they are helpless to do anything about it. But for an accurate diagnosis of major depression to be made, a detailed clinical evaluation must be done by a medical or mental health professional, such as a psychologist or psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. Um, psychiatrist, sorry. 
to meet criteria for a diagnosis, <laughs> excuse me, five or more of these symptoms must be present for longer than two weeks. One, a feeling of being down in the dumps or really sad for no reason. Two, a lack of energy, feeling unable to do the simplest task. Three, an inability to enjoy the things that used to bring pleasure. Four, a lack of desire to be with friends or family members. Five, feelings of irritability, especially common in kids and teens, anger or anxiety. Six, an inability to concentrate. Seven, a marked weight gain or loss or failure to gain weight as expected and too little or too much interest in eating. A significant change in sleep habits, such as trouble falling asleep or getting up. Feelings of guilt or worthlessness. Aches and pains, even though nothing is physically wrong. A lack of caring about what happens in the future. And frequent thoughts about death or suicide. For a diagnosis of dysthymia, someone must experience two or more of these symptoms almost all the time for at least a year. One, feelings of hopelessness. Two, low self-esteem. Three, sleeping too much or being unable to sleep. Four, extreme fatigue. Five, difficulty concentrating. And six, a lack of appetite or overeating. Kids and teens who are depressed are more likely to use alcohol and drugs than those who aren't depressed. Because these can momentarily allow a person to forget about depression, they seem like easy fixes. But they can make someone with depression feel even worse. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School. The world's fastest-growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully-accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. Recognizing depression. If you think your child has symptoms of depression, it is important to take action. Talk with your child and your doctor or others who know your child well. Many parents dismiss their concerns thinking they'll go away or avoid acting because they may feel guilty (laughs) or prefer to solve family problems privately. For a long time, it was commonly believed that children did not get depressed and that teenagers all went through a period of storm and stress. So many kids and teens went untreated for depression. Now, more is known about childhood depression, and experts say it's important to get kids help as soon as a problem is noticed. Parents often feel responsible for the things going on with their kids, but parents don't cause depression. However, it is true that parental separation, illness, death, or other separation can cause short-term problems for children and sometimes can trigger a problem with longer-term depression. This means that if your family is going through something stressful, it is usually helpful to turn to a counselor, therapist, or expert for support. It is also important to remind your child that that you're there for support. Say this over and over again. Kids with depression need to hear it a lot because sometimes they feel unworthy of love and attention. Remember, kids who are depressed may see the world very negatively because their experiences are shaped by their depression. They may act like they don't want help or might not even know what they are really experiencing. If you suspect a problem, the good news is that professionals can help. Depression can be successfully treated in more than 80% of the people who become depressed. But if it goes untreated, it can be deadly. It is a major risk factor for suicide behavior, which we'll talk about later in this radio show. Depression can be treated with psychotherapy, 
medicine or a combination of therapy and medicine. A psychiatrist can prescribe medicine, and although it may take a few tries to find the right drug, most people who follow their prescribed regimen eventually begin to feel better. Psychotherapy focuses on the causes of depression and works to help change negative thoughts and find ways to allow someone to feel better. Cognitive behavioral therapy has been shown to be very effective in treating depression, as well as anxious feelings that may come with it. Depression can be caused by and maintained with negative thinking. And this type of therapy, when given by a trained professional, can be extremely effective in helping fight it. Getting help for your child. Your first consultation should be with your child's pediatrician, who probably will perform a complete examination to rule out physical illness. If depression is suspected, the doctor may refer you to one as a psychiatrist, who is a a medical doctor who can make a diagnosis, offer treatment and prescribe medicine, Two, a psychologist, a health professional who can diagnose and treat depression but is unable to write prescriptions. Three, a licensed clinical social worker, a person who has a degree in social work and is qualified to treat childhood depression. When it comes to managing your child's depression, all of these health professionals can help. The important thing is that your child feels comfortable with that person. If it is not a good fit, find another. Your child's teacher, guidance counselor, or school psychologist might also might be able to help. These professionals have your child's welfare at heart, and all the information shared with them during therapy is kept confidential. Treating depression. Don't put off your child's treatment. Early detection and diagnosis are the key in treating kids with depression. A child or adolescent psychiatrist or psychologist can perform a complete evaluation and start treatment plans that may include counseling, medicine, or both. The counselor might prescribe some sort of group counseling where their family works with the child in therapy sessions. Depending on the child's age and maturity, it may be beneficial for him or her to participate in treatment decisions. Finally, what can I do to help? Most parents think that it is their job to ensure the happiness of their kids. When your child is depressed, you may feel guilty because you can't cheer him or her up. You may also think that your child is suffering because of something you did or didn't do. This isn't true. If you're struggling with guilt, frustration, or anger, consider counseling for yourself. In the long run, this can only help you both or your child. Other ways to help. Make sure your child takes any prescribed medicines and encourage healthy eating, as this may also improve mood and outlook. Two, make sure your child stays active. Physical activity has been shown to help alleviate symptoms of depression. Incorporate physical activities such as bike rides, walks, into your family's routine. Four, accept this situation and never tell tell your child to snap out of it. Remind yourself that it isn't laziness causing your child's inability to get out of bed. Complete chores or do homework. He or she simply doesn't have the desire or energy. Number five, watch for warning signs and make sure the prescribed treatment is followed, whether it's medication, therapy, or both. Finally, depression can be frightening and frustrating for your child, you, and your entire family. With proper treatment and your help, though, your child can start to feel better and go on to enjoy their teen and adult years. Now that we've talked a little bit about depression, I want to move on to the more serious issue um, among teens and young people, um, which is teenage suicide. About Teenage suicide. The tragedy of a young person dying because of overwhelming hopelessness, frustration, uh, or frustration is devastating to a family, friends, and community. Parents, siblings, classmates, coaches, and neighbors might be left wondering if they could have done something to help prevent that young person from turning to suicide. 
Learning more about the factors that might lead an adolescent to suicide may help prevent further tragedies. The reasons behind a teen suicide or attempted suicide can be complex. Although suicide is relatively rare among children, the rate of suicides and suicide attempts increases tremendously during adolescence. Suicide is the third leading cause of death for ages 15 to 24, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and this is after accidents and homicide. It is also thought that at least 25 attempts are made for every completed teen suicide. The risk of suicide increases dramatically when kids and teens have access to firearms at home, and nearly 60% of all suicides in the United States are committed with a gun. That is why any gun in your home should be unloaded, locked, and kept out of reach of children and teens. Overdose using over-the-counter prescription and non-prescription medicine is also a very common method for both attempting and completing suicide. It is important to monitor carefully all medications in your home, also to be aware that teens will trade different prescription medications at school and carry them or store them in their locker backpack. Suicide rates differ between boys and girls. Girls think about it and attempt suicide twice as often as boys and tend to attempt suicide by overdosing on drugs or cutting themselves. Yet boys die by suicide about four times as often as girls, perhaps they, because they tend to use more lethal methods such as firearms, hanging, or jumping from heights. Which teens are at risk for suicide? <clears throat> it can be hard to remember how it felt to be a teen caught in that great area between childhood and adulthood. It is a time of tremendous possibility, but it can also be a period of stress and worry. There's pressure to fit in socially, to perform academically, and to act responsibly. Adolescence is also a time of sexual identity and relationships and a need for independence that often conflicts with rules and expectations set by others. Young people with mental health problems such as anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, or insomnia are at high risk for suicidal thoughts. Teens going through major life changes, such as the parents' divorce, moving, um, and parental separation, as discussed before, are also at greater risk of suicidal thoughts. Factors that increase the risk of suicide among teens include the psychological disorder, feelings of distress, irritability, or agitation, feelings of hopelessness, a previous suicide attempt, family history of depression or suicide, emotional, physical, or sexual abuse, lack of support network, poor relationships with parents or peers, and a feeling of social isolation, and dealing with bisexual, bisexuality or homosexuality in an unsupportive family or community or hostile school environment. Warning signs of suicidal thoughts. Teens who are thinking about suicide might talk about suicide or death in general, give hints that they might not be around anymore, talk about feeling hopeless or feeling guilty, pull away from friends or family, write songs, poems, or letters about death, separation, and loss, start giving away treasured possessions to siblings or friends, lose the desire to take part in favorite things or activities, have trouble concentrating, experience changes in eating or sleeping habits, engage in risk-taking behaviors, and lose interest in school or sports. Many teams who commit or warning to loved ones ahead of time. It's important for parents to know warning signs so teens who might be suicidal can get the help they need. Some adults feel that kids who say they're going to hurt or kill themselves are just doing it for attention. It's important to realize that teens, if teens are ignored when seeking attention, it may increase the chance of them harming themselves or worse. 
getting attention in the form of ER visits, doctor's appointments, and residential treatment definitely is not something teens want unless they are seriously depressed and thinking about suicide, or at least wishing they were dead. It's important to see warning signs as serious and not as attention-seeking to be ignored. Watch and listen. Keep a close eye on a teen who is depressed and withdrawn. Understanding depression in teens is very important since it can look different from commonly held beliefs about depression. For example, it may take the form of problems with friends, grade and sleep, or being cranky and irritable rather than chronic sadness or crying. It is also important to try to keep the lines of communication open and express your concerns, support, and love. If your teen confines in you, you show that you take these concerns seriously. A fight with a friend may not seem like a big deal to you in the large scheme of things, but for a teen, it can feel immense and consuming. It is important not to minimize or discount what your teen is going through, as this can increase his or her sense of hopelessness. Ask questions. Some parents are reluctant to ask their teen if they have been thinking about suicide or hurting themselves. Some fear that by asking, they will plant the idea of suicide in their teen's head. It is always a good idea to ask, even though doing so can be difficult. Sometimes it helps to explain why you're asking. For instance, you might say, I've noticed that you've been talking a lot about wanting to be dead. Have you been having thoughts of trying to kill yourself? And get help. If you learn that your child is thinking about suicide, get help immediately. Your doctor can refer you to a psychologist or psychiatrist, or your local hospital department of psychiatry can provide a list of doctors in your area. Your local mental health association or county medical society can also provide references. In an emergency, you can call 800-SUICIDE. If your teen is in a crisis situation, your local emergency room can conduct a comprehensive psychiatric evaluation and refer you to the appropriate resources. If you're unsure of whether you should bring your child to the emergency room, contact your doctor or call 800-SUICIDE for help. If you schedule an appointment with a mental health professional, make sure to keep the appointment, even if your teen says he or she is feeling better and or doesn't want to go. Suicidal thoughts tend do tend to come and go. However, it is important that your teen get help developing the skills necessary to decrease the likelihood that suicidal thoughts and behaviors will emerge again if a crisis arises. If your teen refuses to go to an appointment, discuss this with the mental health professional and consider attending a session and working with the clinician to make sure your teen has access to the help needed. The clinician might also be able to help you devise strategies to help your teen want to get help. Remember that ongoing conflicts between a parent and child can fuel the fire for a teen who is feeling isolated, misunderstood, devalued, or suicidal. Get help to air family problems and resolve them in a constructive way. Also, let the mental health professional know professional know if there is a history of depression, substance abuse, family violence, or other stresses at home, such as an ongoing environment of criticism. Helping teens cope with loss. What should you do if someone your teen knows, perhaps a family member or friend or classmate, has attempted or committed suicide? First, acknowledge your child's many emotions. Some teens say that they feel guilty, especially those who felt that they could have interpreted their friend's actions and words better. Others say they feel angry with the person. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Um, others say they feel angry with the person who committed or attempted suicide, or have for having done something so selfish. Still, others say that they feel no strong emotions, or don't know how to express how they feel. Reassure your child that there's no right or wrong way to feel, and that it's okay to talk about it when he or she feels ready. 
When someone attempts suicide and survives, people might be afraid or uncomfortable of talking with him or her about it. Tell your teen to resist this urge. This is a time when a person absolutely needs to feel connected to others. Many schools address a student's suicide by calling in special counselors to talk with students and help them cope. If your teen is dealing with a friend or classmate suicide, encourage him or her to make use of these resources and talk to another trusted adult. If you have lost a child to suicide, for parents, the death of a child is the most painful loss imaginable. For parents who have lost a child in suicide, the pain and grief can be intensified. Although these feelings may never completely go away, survivors of suicide can take steps to begin the healing process. <clears throat> Maintain contact with others. Suicide can be a very isolating experience for surviving family members because friends often don't know what to say or how to help. Seek out supportive people and to talk with about your child and your feelings. Remember that your, fam your other family members are grieving too and that everyone expresses their grief in their own way. Your other children in particular may try to deal with their pain alone so as not to burden you with additional worries. Be there for each other through the tears, anger, and silences, and if necessary, seek help and, and support each other. <clears throat> Understand that it's normal to feel guilty and to question how this could have happened, but it's also important to realize that you might never be able to get the answers that you seek. The healing that takes place over time comes from reaching a point in forgiveness for both your child and yourself. Finally, counseling and support groups can play a tremendous role in helping you realize that you are not alone. Some bereaved family members become part of the Suicide Prevention Network that helps parents, teenagers, and schools learn how to help prevent future tragedies. So basically, in summation, I've got this website, kidshealth.org, very informational um, on this topic and others, as I mentioned before. Um, and I hope that families that have children going through um, this difficult age of adolescence experiencing um, signs of depression or dysthymia um, or thoughts of suicide, we'll be able to take uh, this information that I shared with you today and apply it. And hopefully, um, you know, one family at a time, we can prevent these issues from occurring um, because they really are tragedies, um, especially with young people and especially with all the years that children and teenagers have in front of them to be feeling this way or to perhaps to be harming themselves um, or permanently taking their life, obviously, uh, is another huge, huge tragedy. So that's why I felt it really was important to share this with you. I know that it may not have been as enjoyable um, a show just due to the heavy content, but it is important, and I hope that the families listening today were able to gain some insight into this issue um, and to use it if it ever comes up. Hopefully it never does, but at least if it does, you have some information and some resources to turn to. For our next show, we're going to be talking about study habits and how to stay concentrated in school. Um, we have a special guest, Sadia Ijaz. And I apologize, Sadia, if you're listening to me, um, if I pronounced your name, your last name wrong. Um, but you'll be on the show next time to correct it. So we're very excited to have her um, as our guest and hopefully our new co-host as well. Um, so we hope to see you for our next show. Again, thank you again for listening. Um, see you next time. And welcome, Sadia. We can't wait to have you on the show. We hope you enjoyed today's show. 
Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings. Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels.